All right. Well, hey, what's up? Hello, this is Admin Cubana coming back at you with another episode of the Unladylike Lounge podcast. And today I am joined by Ethan. Ethan, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is we're going to be talking about today? Sure thing. Yeah. So um, back in 2011, 2012, I fell in love with tiny houses and oh. I decided to quit my corporate job, build my own house. And uh, it's kind of been an adventure from there. Now, that sounds intimidating to like go from everything, you know, in the corporate world to tiny living and just kind of take that leap. What made you take that that leap of faith? I just don't think that I could take sitting in a cubicle anymore. So, you know, it was almost scarier. The idea of like staying in that career path and like growing old in in a in an air conditioned cubicle was actually more scary than the idea of building my own house. Yes, yeah, absolutely. See, people always made fun of me because I used to work in this big corporate building that was like had all glass windows and we were right down by the river in a park and I would just sit there on the nice days like I I don't belong here. This is yeah. not what we were meant to do. So I totally feel you on that. Um, one question that a lot of people when in preparing for this episode that a lot of people wanted me to ask is, is tiny home living really as cheap to uh, obtain as people claim it to be? You see all these all these shows and they're like, oh, it's it's so affordable. It, is it really? Yeah, I think that the lifestyle once you're in it is definitely less expensive than if you were living in a standard single family home or renting a, a normal sized place. The tricky thing about tiny homes is that there, there are not a lot of great ways to get loans for them. Um, okay. That's starting to get better. So essentially, like in order to get into a tiny home, you're you're kind of needing to save up enough money that you can just do it on your own. But gotcha. then once you're there, you know, you're if you are renting a spot to put it, that's generally a couple hundred bucks a month. Your utility okay. costs will will generally be significantly less than than a bigger house just in terms of heating and cooling and and water if you pay for water and that kind of stuff. So there are some and then of course it it's a small house so you just you just can't buy as much stuff. You can't own as much stuff. So for sure. It helps there too. So yeah, the lifestyle is definitely more affordable but getting into it, there are still some challenges that that the the industry, the movement as a whole are kind of still figuring out. Still figuring out. Now, yeah. what are some of the speed bumps that stand in the way of anyone wanting to legally live tiny? Yeah, well, that's the, the word right there that, that you honed in on is legally. Um, at least here in the United States, the, the laws are kind of like a labyrinth across different states, different counties, different towns even different parts of towns um okay. there are two different types of law there's there's zoning and then there's building code and tiny houses oh. can kind of get fouled up in both of those um the good news is that there are a lot of cities and towns that are ex you know explicitly legalizing tiny houses and they're doing it usually by saying you can use a tiny house as an accessory dwelling and an accessory oh. dwelling is kind of it's just a legal term that a lot of municipalities kind of already understand, which is kind of like a mother-in-law apartment or when you see somebody build a small, you know, a house behind their house, that's an accessory dwelling. And Okay, yeah. perfect. That makes a lot of sense. And it, it, 
it sucks that these are such great these are such great resources for yeah home homing i'm sure homing is not even the right word excuse me you guys nine o'clock in the morning but i i feel like these are such great options for so many people and the fact that there's so many you know red tapes and things to get caught up on it's like come on why it's got to be so difficult um now what are are they realistic when it comes to braving the elements? I mean, I know like I'm in Wisconsin, so we have the mm. the frigid winters. You have the coasts, which have the the hurricanes, things of that nature. Are they realistic? Yeah, I will say that they can be realistic. I'm in Vermont, so also rather cold and long winters. The key is, is that they have to be built correctly for a cold climate. And, you know, you'll hear horror stories of people, you know, buying a tiny house in Texas and bringing it to Minnesota and having all kinds of issues, plumbing, freezing, you know, like mold building up because the moisture is building up, you know, building a small space that can that can be heated well is a different challenge than just building a small space for a warmer climate. So if if your listeners are thinking about going tiny and they do live in a cold climate, make sure that you work with a builder who knows what they're doing. Um, Absolutely. And then to the second part, the second answer is just that the tiny house movement is definitely flourishing more in places that are a little bit more hospitable, a little bit warmer. There are tons of tiny house communities in Florida, North Carolina, Pacific Northwest to like these temperate climates that, that don't have a lot of extremes um, are kind of ideal for tiny houses, especially because, you know, your house is tiny. So it kind of forces you to live your life outside uh, quite a bit more. Um, So it's nice when going outside isn't, you know, life-threatening. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's yeah. it's always nice when you don't have to step outside of your home and it's, you know, not negative 32 degrees and exactly. that kind of thing. Exactly. So, no, for sure. Now, how can someone manage to keep all of the essentials if they're downsizing to a tiny home? Yeah. You'd be surprised. I mean, the essentials don't take up too much space. I mean, and and then the other answer to that question is, especially if you end up building your own tiny home or working with a builder, go in with what is important to you. Like if, if having a space for doing, you know, sewing and fiber arts is important to you, make sure that there is a, a table or a space where your sewing machine can go and you can store extra fabric and that kind of stuff. I, I've known tiny house dwellers who have all kinds of crazy things in their tiny houses um, one of my favorite examples, uh, this woman, Ella, who is a harp player, a harpist, I guess, um, she kept two harps in her tiny house. So like uh, if you yeah, it's like if you if you kind of go into it with like, here are the few things that are the most important to me, I have to design around these things, then you really can kind of have what have your cake and eat it, too. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Now, who is tiny living best suited for? Mm hmm. You know, that's that's a great question. I think that it it cuts across the age groups. You know, I know I know Gen Zers through millennials who are living or through boomers who are living tiny. Um oh. yeah, and and surprisingly, you know, I'm I'm a millennial and I got into the tiny house thing thinking that it was gonna be a lot of other millennials. And there there are other young people doing it. 
Um, but I've noticed that actually it's it. There are a lot of boomers, people retiring into tiny houses who are saying like, this is, this is my forever home. This is where I'm going to live until I can't live on my own anymore because it's such a great cost savings. It um, is for us younger folks. I mean, I, I see people building tiny houses, living in them for a few years and then upgrading, you know, like as, as our lives grow, as we need more space, um, going into bigger homes. And that's, you know, that's in no way a failure and, and you won't be judged at least not by me. Um, the other really cool thing about tiny homes is that you don't, if you don't have to sell them, then they can become a great money-making asset. You know, for example, my wife and I don't live in our tiny house anymore, but we're renting a spot for it. And we actually rent it out on Airbnb, which is like part of our income now, which is, which is awesome. Like didn't have to sell it. And now it's, it's kind of a part of the whole picture. Absolutely. I was actually just going to ask, um, what impact can it make towards your your future goals and financial freedom? Yeah, I mean, I see people living tiny and saving a ton of money. So that, like, you know, with with the goal of like, we want to, you know, build or buy our forever home, like in cash, we don't want to mortgage at all. And so people, you know, live tiny for five or, you know, you know, however many years it takes and save up a ton of money. Um, or it could just be, you know, on the flip side of that saying like, I don't, I don't want to work full time. I want to have time to spend with my kids. I want to have time to spend with friends or loved ones. And then, you know, because your expenses are much lower, you don't need to work as much. It's kind of like, you don't have to work to live. You can, you can live to work. Excellent. Excellent. And isn't, isn't that kind of like the, the dream, the, uh, like, I, I can't speak for anybody else, but I, at least for me, that's kind of like ideal there. Um, yeah, totally. What, what is the most common reason people change their minds about tiny living? I mean, it's it is not easy in some ways. Um, finding parking can be challenging. Navigating mm-hmm. the legal landscape, especially if you're not living legally, there's you know some anxiety and some uncertainty associated with that. Um, you know, tiny homes, sometimes contractors and professionals are resistant to work on them. So sometimes you need to become a little bit more handy, a little bit more hands-on with, with the maintenance and repairs. I kind of find that as being one of the big benefits of tiny living, because I've, I've just learned so many skills that I don't know that I would have learned otherwise. Um, but if, if like, if your ideal is living in a condo with an HOA that handles all the maintenance, tiny house living might not be for you. Right. For sure. Yeah. yeah. What kinds of different, just scrolling through your, your profile and everything. Yeah. I noticed that there's different types of tiny homes and tiny living. Yeah. Can you kind of go into some of those for our, our audience members who might be thinking that this could be for them? Sure. Yeah. There's, when you say tiny home, I think it, it encompasses quite a few different types of structures. Probably the most popular and you know what has been on reality TV and, and I think what is the most popular build still is a, is a small house built directly onto a trailer. Um, okay. For a while, those were called tiny houses on wheels. Now we're calling them movable tiny homes for you know reasons of when, when, a, when a town hears on wheels, they, they're like, they're scared. They're like, oh, this is migrant this is like not permanent whereas when it's a movable home it's like less scary to them 
Um, so yeah, so you got your tiny houses on wheels and those are really popular because you can build one without owning a piece of land. You can, you can put all your money into building this house and then you can rent a spot for it or you can buy land for it or, you know, there's a million different ways you can then live in it. Um, the other kind of less common but still sometimes done is like a tiny house on a foundation. So that is if you already say maybe you own some land or you have a parent or a brother or a sibling or a family member who says like, yeah, you can build your tiny house over there on my land. It's yours. Go for it. You know, you can save some money not buying that trailer because the trailers are really expensive. And then also okay. when you when you build on a trailer, you need to build a certain, you know, you can't go wider than eight and a half feet. You can't go taller than 13 and a half feet if you want to be able to tow it down the road. So gotcha. when you build on the ground, you don't have to build this long, narrow house. You can build something that's more like a, a different shape, different layout. Okay. Yeah. And so that's people who want to travel, you know, a tiny house on wheels, people have done it but I wouldn't recommend it because these are very heavy, you know, 10,000 pounds and up wow. houses. So you need like a F-250, F-350, you're burning, like you're getting five miles per gallon, you're white knuckling it. It's scary. It's, you know, it's not something that you're doing all the time. So if you do want to travel and bring your house with you, um, then, you know, van life or just some other kind of converted vehicle um, is also fits under that tiny home umbrella. So the most common are, you know, van life. So taking like a contractor van, a work van, a sprinter van, and, and, you know, building out a small house inside it, you'll see families with like many kids doing converted school buses where, you know, you would be shocked how much space there is in a school bus. I mean, they're like, you walk into some of these and they look like a luxury apartment in, in a city. Oh um, my goodness. Yeah. And then there's like all different kinds of vehicles, like ambulances, U-Haul trucks, like basically like if it's a box shaped truck, like, and you can get them for cheap, people are converting them to live in them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. I have like, not going to lie. I've always been interested in, in tiny homes and I've never known like where to start or what is allowed, what isn't allowed. And now I'm like, I want to take a look at my, my areas, laws and yeah. all that this is good information. Do you have any other wisdom, advice, tips, tricks for our audience members? Well, I mean, I would say really like think about your values, figure out what it is that you want, what's important to you before you just jump into, you know, building or buying a tiny house because having that kind of your North Star, your why in mind will really help you on this journey and end up with something that actually supports the lifestyle that you want. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now um, we do have your call to action, but for our listeners who are curious, where can they find more of your work, more of your adventures, journeys, things of that nature? Yeah. Well, since, since you're already listening to a podcast, I also do a weekly podcast where I interview all kinds of different people who are living in, ambulances and tiny houses and sailboats and and just you know if they're doing it tiny i'm i want to talk to you so um that's called tiny house lifestyle podcast and you can find it everywhere you get your podcasts or on my website which is the tinyhouse.net 
Perfect. And for those of you who missed that, no worries. We will drop the link in the description box below. Ethan, it has been a pleasure having you today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us. And for our listeners, you guys already know, I love y'all fiercely. Thanks, Courtney. Thank you.